Can you please introduce yourself? My name's Eliza. I'm a former volunteer at 4ZZZ. I have an almost two-year-old daughter and I work casual, casually employed. Is childcare, is that work? Is childcare work? Yes, absolutely. Childcare, caring for one's child or caring for a child is, I would say, the ultimate work. It involves every facet of human capacity. It's physical, it's emotional, it's psychological, it's, it's everything. Tomorrow is International Women's Day. What meaning does that have for you? I think it used to have maybe more meaning when I identified more strongly as a feminist. Nowadays it's not something I mark really anymore. But uh, I guess um, it's a time to recognise some of the struggles that have happened in the past and some of the struggles that continue today. And I certainly remember it every year. International Women's Day used to be called International Working Women's Day. Does that, would that make a difference if it was like that? I think it's a little bit of a problem to talk about working women because I think there's a lot of work that goes on that isn't acknowledged as work purely because it is unwaged work. So I think I think my work as carer of a child is probably more valuable and more work and more valuable than my paid work. How has having a child affected your paid working life? Um, I'm still working the same amount as I did before I had her because I wasn't I was only working 12 hours before I had her and eight months after I had her I'm working 12 hours again I mean it's just more in terms of you know you have you have less time and you have less capacity to give to your paid work because because you have more work with your child I think you know now my paid work is is a bit of a break actually it's a bit of a break from the intense work that is raising a child but at the same time I don't want to imply that raising a child is drudgery and I think that's another problem that comes up when you sort of when people compare the two you know raising a child and paid work because I think the way that a lot of people think about paid work is for a lot of people in my circles it's sort of work is mindless work is unrewarding work is unparticipatory so yeah and I think Child raising is not any of those things. You know, child raising is, it is rewarding, it is hard work, but it is something that you are fully invested in. Whereas for a lot of people, paid work is not those things. So what was the original question? I've got another one that what you said has prompted it. If you could imagine or go back to the time when you were looking after your child and then you were going back into the workforce... Can you recall what psychological demands that had on you, you know, that you know you were going to be separated from your child and then you were going to go into the workforce? I know some people talk about having baby brain, but you're going from something that you've described to as um, participatory and to, you know, a mindless drudgery of paid work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my work, I'm lucky because I don't feel like it is mindless drudgery. I mean, it is, it is not participatory. Uh, it's not a democratic workplace. And, you know, it, it has its moments of hell. Overall, it's, it's quite a good job, really. I think, you know, I looked after her full time until she was eight months old. And at that point, I was very much ready to do something other than look after her for, you know, a certain amount of time. So I think initially it was difficult to imagine that I wasn't going to be with her sometimes. But when I actually walked into the workplace two or three days after I'd done that, I was extremely happy to be 
to have that have that have that opportunity or ability to experience what my work offers me that being with my baby doesn't. Just shifting a bit now, what is the best way to teach a very young child about the world? Well, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I think when it, it depends on the age of the child, it depends on the capacity to which they can understand the world. I think really when you're dealing with the child, for me anyway, you just have to have respect for that child, where they are and where they're coming from and their understandings of the world. You know, she's um, she's coming up to two now, so... She understands a lot more of what she used to, but I think really watching her and the way that she learns about the world, the way that she learns about the world is what she sees around her and what she sees done rather than any explicit instruction from anybody. So I think that will probably be a challenge in years to come in terms of wanting her to understand some of the more the deeper currents or some of the, you know, some of the kind of analysing some of the stuff that goes on in the world because I think it really is, I mean, it's a process of socialisation growing up and she is socialised into our world which includes all the all the really fucked up things like sexism and racism and capitalism and private property. So, yeah, I think it will be a challenge definitely to to talk to her about those things when our society re reinforces them on a continual basis and that's really I think how how people learn how children learn how yeah how humans learn is through watching our society and imitating their society and their culture that they grow up in how do you guide a human through the various stages of development what I mean in this context is from breastfeeding to eating solid food from sitting up to crawling from to walking speaking and thinking how do you guide a child as a mother through those stages of development? I think um, children do a lot of it themselves. You know, they have the they have the initiative to do a lot of those things. The the approach to feeding now. I mean, when when a baby's born, their instinct they have is to suckle, is to breastfeed. So that's like a very very innate and natural thing that a baby does. And beyond that, you know, something like eating, it's the same thing. At at some point, the child wants to eat. They see people around them eating and they make the initiative to start eating. Same with a lot of those developmental things. In terms of thinking, I think it's something that um, I still have to figure out as we go along. It's not something that, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it is something I've come across. It's just, I think, you know, encouraging her to question things. Prompting, asking prompting questions, I think, would be my strategy at this point. Could you give an example? Just asking why questions. You know, if she sees there's a cat across the road that she's very enamoured with and she sees the cat go inside, you know, behind the fence and there's no physical barrier to her going and seeing the cat. She's internalised that is not space that we should go into. So I guess an example would just be to say, well, you know, why? Why can't we go in that space? Getting her to reflect on some of the things that she's maybe picked up, I guess, that would be maybe a start. And does she does she do that, do you think? She doesn't really have the verbal capacity, but you can see her brain ticking over, for sure, thinking about things. And I think also just living your life in a way that, you know, in a way that, in more of a way that you want society to function. So hopefully she'll pick up on some of that stuff too. Being respectful to everybody, not treating everybody differently, standing up to authority, standing up to, you know, racism or sexism or whatever it is. Just trying to lead by example, I guess. Do you like the idea of putting your child into childcare? I mean, paid childcare centre? I wouldn't say I like or dislike the idea. I think... 
when you have a child, you stop thinking that you have all the choices in the world. I think when before I had a child, when I was a 20-something, I lived my life very much as a free individual. And I think having a child makes you realise that you're very much constrained by the society that you live in or, you know, some of the institutions that you live in. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm in a situation where I need to put Sibel in childcare, I would put her in childcare. And the choices that I have about that are, you know, not exhaustive. They're limited. So I think you just do the best that you can. Um, I think I'm quite happy with the situation that we have now in terms of my partner and I sharing care for her pretty much on an equal basis. I've heard that it's not—it's maybe not the best thing for kids this age to be in childcare, but I can respect that. It happens and it needs to happen. And, you know, some people think it's a really good thing. Some people think it's a really bad thing. I'm, I don't really have a strong opinion either way. I think fair enough if people need to do that. You have a daughter who is nearly two. You work part-time. Have you made a choice to not to put her in childcare? Or are you just exercising an alternative that's available to you? Yeah, I mean, I think we've made a choice for sure, but I think the choice was more a choice for uh, equal parenting rather than a choice against childcare. So it was a choice to for her father and me, but especially her father because it's not as common for him to spend a significant amount of time with her. Yeah, but it's something that we've thought about in the past. I mean, we're also in a situation where we can do it because we don't have a mortgage and we don't have, you know, a huge amount of, you know, financial issues. Are there other alternatives that that are available to you? What I mean there is that an extended family uh, where there are other carers that could participate in looking after your child. Just on a irregular basis, really. It, unfortunately, everybody everybody has to work, apparently. Everybody's got to work really hard to have a place to live and food to eat. So, yeah, I mean, I have my extended family around, but they're all working, so it doesn't doesn't really function that way. But, um, yeah, on an irregular basis, that will happen, but it's not by... If we both come down with illness tomorrow, then we have to figure something out, which will probably involve some kind of childcare institution. Before you had your girl, did you think about what work and childcare and all those sort of things beforehand or it's just the issue comes up as time goes by, you know, like you say now that if something happened then maybe you'd have to put her into childcare? I think I thought about wanting equal participation from both of both myself and my partner. Um, yeah, and again, like I think the choices are really limited. I haven't looked into childcare because I haven't really needed to, but at the time we did need childcare for three days, uh, you know, a year and a half ago or something, and we had a lot of difficulty finding somewhere. So, I mean, that was like drop-in childcare, which is extremely rare. You know, you can't, you have to sign your child up and it's difficult to get a place. I'm aware of that and they're not paid well enough for the things they, you know, the, the role they have and so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's particularly easy to find a, to find a place and I mean it's a bit crazy because there's lots of women, especially women who have kids who before they work they travel, you know, halfway across town to drop their kids at childcare and then they go back halfway across town to go to their work so it just seems like a sensible thing to have near one's workplace but it's not really it's not the way it works I guess anymore I think it used to be more like that you mentioned that um, when I asked you the question about going from uh, looking after Sabelle to going to to work you mentioned that you were sort of ready to go to work because you had been looking after her full-time for eight months 
Now, was there something that was there some something that led that to that made you the only carer, or a work situation, or was it just by choice that you were, you know you you decided, oh well, I will just look after her for those eight months. Truly, it's really a physical thing. I mean, it's breastfeeding. You know, she she was breastfed for for the first six months exclusively, and then. They say that you should breastfeed exclusively for six months and then they essentially rely on breast milk as a, as a source of nourishment for a year. So, so that there was a, you made a choice that you, because you were going to breastfeed her for six months that, that meant that you would be caring for her for a, for a long period of time and wouldn't be able to go to work. What I'm getting at here is that I used to work in a workplace that downstairs had uh, childcare and so, so the mums would actually leave the workplace, go downstairs, either express milk or breastfeed their kids and then come back up. They'd sort of like do it at, at Morning Smoko and then they closed down that childcare centre and it made it impossible for that to happen. So everyone, everyone changed their routine to fit in with this idea that instead of there being a childcare centre downstairs, there was a, a coffee shop. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, that would make a difference in the situation. But, that, yeah, I mean, that's why I was that, you know, I was the primary carer, just for that reason. So what will you be doing on International Women's Day tomorrow? It's a bit top secret, really. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because of this interview, I will definitely remember it.